on the wrestling podcast about nothing, we've got an old friend back again. Ring of Honor's head referee, Todd Sinclair, is back to talk ROH, MSG, CW, all types of acronyms, plus your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 170, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crock. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, Currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the domain. Oh, he's not here. Brian Malonis, the brawler, not with me this week. I hear that he lost his championship opportunity in Lowell. I believe he is now in hiding, refusing to appear on the wrestling podcast about nothing. In his place, in his stead, if you will is someone who also appeared in Lowell, Massachusetts, I believe, in New York this past week. He is the senior official of Ring of Honor Wrestling. He is Mr. Todd Sinclair. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm very nice. Uh, we were starting 45 minutes late because you kept sending me texts and saying we're going to push us back a little bit. So thank you. Things happen. Things happen yeah, in life. Yeah, they happen. You've got a kid. I understand. Things happen, and I'm glad that you were able to to make it here. I know you had a very busy schedule as well. I certainly did. I actually have to buy a new car. It sucks. I did see you pull up in a truck. Well, I didn't see you pull up because you're already here, but a, a, a truck. I really didn't expect that to be you in that truck. I thought that truck was just there, but there you were. No, that's Kevin Sinclair's. Let me borrow it. My dad. What a nice person. He is a good guy. He's deaf, though, from what I hear. Yeah, well, close. Very, very close. He won't be listening to this podcast. No, certainly not. Maybe we'll sign it to him. <laughs> That would be nice. That would be very nice. So last week, yeah, Ring of Honor came uh, locally to the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. They were also at Hammerstein Ballroom as well. How did those shows go? I thought they went well. The good thing about what we're doing now with the TVs, most of our shows are on Honor Club, but we would do TV show only shows where we'd do taping for the TV episodes and people wouldn't be able to see them live. And stuff would air three, four, five, six weeks late. So what we're doing now, and this was the first time we did it in New York, was we broadcast like two-thirds of the show live on Honor Club so people get to see it live. So it's actually more exciting than just a straight-up TV taping. So I enjoyed the the fact that we changed that up this week. And Brian Malonis lost with the Beer City Bruiser, his title opportunity against the Briscoes, who regained the titles on Saturday night in New York City. I haven't really necessarily spoken to Brian since then, as I mentioned, to, I think, Pretty much he's gone into hiding. Do you have any uh, insight into the psyche of the brawler right now, post-title um, loss? I, I, the, the way I think he, he's taking it, I think he's obviously disappointed. I think the both of them are. But I think they had a tough weekend because I think they put too much effort into scouting G.O.D., mm. so what happens is when you, you put all your eggs in one basket, the title change, the Briscoes pulled it off the night before. I think they were thrown a, a curveball, and, and when they got to Lowell, they just didn't have the same game plan. I think that caught up to them. He did kind of tell me on the sly. He's like, oh, I think it's G.O.D. And it oh. is G.O.D. And nope, Briscoes won the titles, and so it was the Briscoes and the Bouncers and uh, S.O.L. for the Bouncers. Yep, they put up a good effort. They really did. Uh, it's just, I think, a matter of time. Someday they'll win those belts. Just they've got to put it all together. And uh, surprised probably to some people out there, I didn't make it to the Lowell Memorial Auditorium to see the show. Uh, it was my son's birthday, and with the weather being what it was, it got pushed to later in the day, so I wasn't able to get over there. So uh, sad that I was able to miss the tag team title match, but actually kind of glad that they didn't win because then I'd really feel bad. If, if yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't. I think if it wasn't your son's birthday, I still think you wouldn't have made it. So hey, come on, use that as an excuse all you want. No, 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 no. Come on, you wouldn't have made it. No, of course. Gotta go support your pal. How many shows have we support done? Support Tim. Maybe five. I'm gonna guess four or five. How many have you been to? Oh, uh, probably 
two or three. Okay, half. Let's say half. Yeah, it's not good percentage. Well, I mean, half is good. Yeah, it's that's not. A, that's a it's a, not. That's an F grade. Five hundred average that's in baseball. F grade school. No, Come on. You're looking at you're looking at baseball. No, that's let's look at it as a, as your grades in school. F. Well, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things here today, uh, Todd Sinclair. But first, before we get into it, let's talk about BrianMalonis.com. He's got a lot of t-shirts, and he says that you are the driving force behind his brand new t-shirt on his own website, BrianMalonis.com, the beer, 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 more beer shirt. Is this correct? I am. I actually thought, and I, it's strange because I'm a straight-age person, I would never say go buy something that says beer on it. But I thought if you created a t-shirt that wasn't screaming out just wrestling, 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 and it actually just said beer all over it, that even regular people who would find it would be able to buy it. So that was the idea of, of saying, hey, don't just throw it at, at wrestling people, throw it at the world. And hopefully it's selling. I have no idea. Well, you're thirsty. You're drinking. That's a, a fine market basket cola. That's right. Generic all the way. <laughs> My goodness. 50 cents. Come on. It's certainly not a beer. No, um, Jesus. So go to BrianMalonis.com if you want the beer, beer, beer shirt. Did you get a percentage of that? I I hope I don't because I think I don't need the money. I, I think it's good for those guys to make money. So maybe if they could just buy me a, a, a new video game or something, I'll be thrilled. And you don't want to profit off of the... Uh, Alcohol-related oh, merchandise. No, not at all. That's like way against my religion. I understand. Well, hopefully, uh, as a fine Christian gentleman, you will go to the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. That is our hub, our home base, our official website, the official website of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, where you can find out ways to subscribe to the WPAN, all the different podcast platforms, including Spotify. Of course, there are the various uh, social media links there. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms, so follow us and interact. And uh, there are bios there if you want to read about us. There are photos there if you want to see our photos. And if you go to the website, I guarantee there are nudes. Can, can I ask a, something I've heard through the grapevine, a rumor? Sure. So I've heard you constantly every week you talk about the nudes. Yes. And you talk photos, 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 photos. Mm-hmm. I actually heard recently, within the past two weeks, that there are videos on the WPAN.com. Namely, not just nudes, but stuck so if anybody wants to see stuck videos of Brian and Crockett, go to the WPAN.com. Now, do I ask what stuck is? Feel free, feel free to look it up. It's, it's an enjoyable category. Stuck. It's not like Big Sausage Pizza? I kind of <laughs> like Big Sausage Pizza. Dirty Latin maids. <laughs> That's uh, That takes you back. Uh, well, uh, Todd, not sure you're aware, but... We used to uh, be a part of BDA Radio. I am aware. I, I you are aware. To, I used to like the uh, the BDA. What does BDA stand for? Yeah, and that's been uh, away for over a year now. Can I can I ask? Uh, is it for boobs, dinks, and asses? It sure could be. Oh, good. But the website now redirects to the WPAN.com. And when people search, there was a lot of stuff on the BDA Radio website with uh, scantily clad ladies, mostly MMA fighters. And there are all these links all over the internet of these photos that link back to BDARadio.com. And people search for these images, hoping to find them on BDARadio.com. BDARadio.com no longer exists, so it brings them to the WPAN.com. Excellent. It's excellent for uh, some laughs here, but it's not excellent for the people that are looking for dirty photos of their favorite MMA fighters. I understand. But if they get the stuck videos, they'll be thrilled. Okay. Well, the back end of our website, I can look and see the search terms that people put in that bring them to our website, the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing's website, the WPAN.com. And there are some search terms that I saw that I wanted to share with you. Oh, I'm very excited. I like this part. This is enjoyable. Okay, well, uh, someone typed in B.B. Jones bikini swimsuit. Oh, well, I, I assume B.B. Jones is a UFC fighter. I would guess so, but it's not a bikini. It's, it's not a swimsuit. It's a bikini swimsuit. Right, and it's not B.B. from uh, the WWF who used to come out and help. Uh, the, like She was the medic, right? Right, right, right. And then she got involved with the Harker Holly. Barbara Bush, I believe her name was. Yes, but this is B.I.B.I. Uh, oh, it's not B. period, B. period. I thought we were looking at initials. Uh, so also, someone typed in on a search bar looking to find Katya Elise Henry underwear. Ooh. Underwear. We talked last week about panties, and the word panties has uh, 
feels a little filthy, does yeah, it not? I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I like under I like underpants. Underpants. Yes, but underwear is is perfectly fine too. Undies. How you feel about undies, that? Undies is nice. I like undies. Okay, but panties is a little too much for you. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't address them as panties. Like if I if I was say, hey, go over there and pick up your panties. I don't know. That's. <laughs> Wait, who are you telling to go? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know person. I certainly don't know. Okay. Uh, Not Brian Malonis. No, no. Well, I would say pick up your underpants. Okay, yes. So uh, underwear, uh, that is the search term that someone put in. Uh, I'm sure they found Brian Malonis in big oversized. Well, he doesn't wear a really underpant type gear. Um, maybe he does. Maybe he wears big bloomers that we don't know about. <laughs> could be, that could be a thing. Uh, also, someone put in Meredith Hagner, hot legs. Oh, wow. That's, that's exciting. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> different strokes are different folks, right, Todd? That's right. Well, I mean, Stacey Keebler made a living off that, <laughs> so you might as well go for your hot legs. Hot legs. Meredith Hagner. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> How about this one, Brian? Uh, you're not Brian, are you? No, I'm not Brian. How about this one, Todd? Buxom Texans cheerleader photos. <laughs> oh, good. You like the word buxom, don't you? Buxom's a great word. You've used it in multiple I, occasions. I, it is one of my, my go-tos every so often. Uh, just <laughs> When someone is buxom, you say they're buxom. That's kind of what happens. So buxom Texans cheerleader fo- I'm trying to figure out how they would even find that on BDARadio.com. Texans cheerleaders. Maybe if you type anything, like buxom horseshoes and it would just go to bda maybe buxom is the go-to word that's very nice not bda wpan i i would i don't mind buxom being associated with the wpan.com yeah brian and i are quite buxom if you really think about it i am as well so maybe <laughs> i'll throw some uh, stuck videos on myself all right finally todd sinclair skinny girl with long sexy toes Someone put that in the search bar. I like the full like description, not just word after word. With is the nice, you know, you add the with. Right, all right. You got to get it all in there. And not just toes. No. Long, sexy. T- I, I don't find long, I don't find any toes. The whole foot doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I'm not anti-foot, but I don't think I would be, oh, oh wow, look at those long toes. They're yeah. sexy. I, I, not, I don't understand why you would think that. but uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if a stubby toe would be sexier than a lot i just i just stay away from the whole never noticed toes to say to describe them oh like oh wow look at those and come up with words i've never done it and a skinny girl with long i guess a skinny girl would be more likely to have long sexy toes why the toe size doesn't change if someone's heavy or or thin no i don't think so you you don't get the 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 bigger foot you you think someone puts on weight and their their toes yeah. shrink? They plump up a little bit. My toes are are the same. My toes are exactly the same as let me let me take a look I've at those things. As I fluctuated in weight over the years, no, they're the same. You know, you're not wearing uh, open toed shoes. I'm not. I would never wear such a thing. <laughs> That's a shame. But you are wearing shorts though. I am wearing That's shorts. That's standard for always you. Shorts, always shorts. Always. So search terms that brought people to our website, the WPAN.com, the most disappointing website on the internet. Todd Sinclair, we are here. In the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. We are. Recording this episode quite in the dark. No one else is here. Mm-hmm. The only people here are upstairs basically sanding the floor or something. I'm hearing noise. There's a dance academy upstairs. Then there's some uh, construction going on, I believe. Yep. So if you hear that on the uh, podcast, that's what's going on. But uh, you started your whole journey. Well, not exactly. You were doing shows before you came to the school, right? Just a few. Um, I I told. I think I told this before when I was on the podcast, go listen to whatever episode it is. Yes, way back um, when. That I, I actually went to a show and refed that night as I was like coerced by my friends. I was started doing shows and the Chaotic School, I don't believe was open yet. I mm-hmm. think whatever the timing was, we used to go to the Chaotic Shows as fans I maybe did two, three, or four shows prior to signing up for wrestling school, and that was because the Chaotic School opened around that same exact time, and I came to check out the school because I was friendly with the roster and, and the owners, you know, Randy and Jamie. As you buried them from the front row yeah, every Chaotic show. that's just the way it is. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I signed up for wrestling school after doing about four shows, let's say. That's a guess, that's a guess but yeah, that, that's when I signed up for this. And right around the time that our own Brian Malonis signed up as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we signed up in the same week. Now, do you get any sort of feeling when you walk in here? It's probably been a while since you've been in here, right? Uh, yeah, I came uh, just 
every uh, every so often I come here. It was a long time, a long stretch, but I came here maybe three or four months ago. I asked Brian and Fury if I could come down just to hang out and, and help out. I should have planned better because the class wasn't, it was all new people. So it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of feedback that I, I had for people because it was more guys just doing drills and, and, and early stuff than matches and, and stuff like that. So I picked a, a bad day to come. But yeah, it's it's a cool place to come by because of all the time we spent here back, especially back then when we first started. I mean, we were here five days a week at one point. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday were the classes. Then I would open on Wednesdays and do open ring. We spent the majority of our time here, and it was a whole group of guys that did it all together. Even people that weren't training, like you would come and work on a few things, but sometimes you would just come to hang out. Mucko was around, mm-hmm. uh, and then Jamie, of course. We, he wasn't wrestling training, but he was he was the owner. Um, but he we wasn't spent, promoting either. Yeah, it was, certainly wasn't promoting. He was running a wrestling school and a wrestling company. Yes. Does not promote. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, it's it's really cool to come back and you kind of have memories. The good thing is it looks exactly the same. So even the rings are in the same place. There might be a couple different decorations. Like there's a nice Brian Fury um, plaque made out of a cut piece of tree, which is beautiful. But that was not here way back when. Right. That's like an etching, if you will. An etching. That's a good word. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's where there. But it's it's pretty much the same place. And it's cool to come back and, and, and have memories come back. Let's talk about the guys that were around here that are now doing amazing things. Like, I mean, talk about how you spent the majority of your time here. Most of that time was sitting here as Tommaso asked question after question after question of the, uh, you know, Mike Hollow and the other people that were running the show. A guy like Tommaso... The distance he's traveled, I mean, he stopped by Ring of Honor for a period with you, and now he's doing things. Uh, NXT is hurt right now, but he was uh, doing great things, NXT for WWE. What about Tommaso's journey? That's, I mean, just unbelievable. It's crazy, and it's it's all because of how hard he works. It yeah. really is. Like the, he, he is the hardest working guy I've ever met as far as wrestling goes. Some people you, you say that about, but it's legit about Tommaso. Like he, he even on injured when he would get injured, he came here and blew out a knee, and he was out for a period of time before he was even wrestling on shows. And uh, he would come, still come to every class, ask all those questions. Class ended at nine, and we would leave here at eleven o'clock because Tommaso had so many questions. <laughs> um, but it was like he busted his ass. Everything he had when he was with the Ring of Honor. Then he left Ring of Honor and he had that period of time where it's like, shit, what the hell is Tommaso going to do? And he got the opportunity in XT and then just made the most of it, every opportunity they gave him. And he's a he's a self-made man. He really is. I know. Were you booking at the time that Kofi was here, Kofi Kingston? Yeah, yeah. Kofi. When Kofi came in, I was booking um, because I wanted a Ludwig Borg in shows. And that's when Kofi was the Jamaican Ludwig Borg in <laughs> Do you admit now there's probably a misfire? Totally, 100%. And okay. Especially everything about Kofi, that I, other than we gave him the undefeated streak, everything we did with Kofi as far as booking was a misfire. <laughs> because, and But I, I do think stuff was entertaining. I mean, there's stuff on YouTube that you can look up where we took him out and did Ludwig Borger-style promos out in the out in the wilderness here. And, in the rubble. Yeah, the rubble of uh, of Lawrence, Massachusetts. But yeah, you, you've got a brand new kid. We made him a heel, which is one of those things where you kind of you learn. Okay, the veteran should be more the heel so they can lead the matches. So yep. we made him a heel. He was Jamaican, so he had the accent. He came up with that. But then he had the short hair, and I remember him asking, like, "Hey, what do you think if I grew my hair out?" And I, and my gut reaction was, "Well, the character you're playing is, I'm a rich kid from Jamaica, so." I think you should be clean cut or whatever. And, and again, that was a stupid thing. You know, mm-hmm. it was just everything for me, everything was a misfire with how I booked Kofi, but I really wanted a Ludwig Borga in Gata Kressling. I was just a big fan of Ludwig Borga. <laughs> and when he came up with that character, it was like, all right, I have a Ludwig Borga. That's probably the first time that sentence has been uttered. Yeah. I really want a Ludwig Borga. Totally agree. But uh, I was a big fan. So you're saying that Bobby Cruz booked Kofi Kingston correctly. He was the only one in the area to book Kofi Kingston correctly. Well, he only booked him for one show. And I he think ma- it was Kofi's first match, I think. I think so, yes. Yeah. And it was against uh, Ricky Thomas. It w- yeah, right. Okay. Who was Tommaso Ciampa. Right. Yes. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, Ricky Thomas versus Kofi Johnson. Kofi Johnson, right. Beca- and, and this is the same as I wanted a Ludwig Borga, 
Bobby Cruz's favorite wrestler was Rocky Johnson. So he wanted a Rocky Johnson. So he made Kofi Kofi Johnson. So what's the difference? Now, was Kofi Johnson supposed to be Rocky Johnson's son? Uh, you'd have to ask Bobby Cruz that. Okay. He's from Fall River, so I don't know if you can get a hold of him. <laughs> that's that's true. The phone line's down there. Right. I don't know if you can get really get down there and right. talk to him. Let's talk about someone who also stopped by Ring of Honor and now has moved on to NXT, now on the main roster, a fellow Todd. Mm. Todd Hansen, a.k.a. Ivar. Yes. Of the Viking Raiders now in uh, WWE. That story was one. I mean, you were the first. You basically put him on the map. You discovered him. You and uh, you and Mako. Yeah, we I, we went to an indie show, and I don't know if I told this here or I told it on uh, Jamie and Rich's podcast, but we went to a, a local show, and we saw him. Uh, we knew him from just hanging out in the crowds and stuff. Like we just recognized him from us going to shows. And after his match, and it was one of his first matches, or maybe his first, myself and Mako looked at each other and say. Boy, that wasn't terrible. Yeah, and that was our reaction to to how he did because we knew he was he was really first matches in there. So we went up to him and say, "Hey, we're interested in bringing in a chaotic. Here's the info. Come up to the school and whatever." And he he did, and then he ded- kind of dedicated his life to this school for a long time in the company. Yeah, and you talked about how he you knew him from just the crowds and being in the crowd. He looked like a guy from the crowd for you know the first period of his career, right? Right, yeah. He definitely looked like uh, just a dude. Yeah, and then he really got into good shape, like around, was it 2004 or five, And uh, now he looks completely different and got that beard. And I just can't believe that this, that's the same guy that uh, had the big mutton chops yep. in like 2003. Right. Yeah, he's, he's, come, he's come so far. And the biggest thing with him was... There were probably periods, and I'm sure he said it, that he probably should have quit because of his injuries. Like he was, out, I know he was out for a long time with a back injury. So for him to just keep going and keep going, and then reinvent himself to make once he he created that Warbeard character and the look, everything kind of fell into place where he would get the more opportunities and just continuously go up. And when once people saw him, you knew the talent he had. He just needed that opportunity. So with Ring of Honor. Then it was New Japan. Now it's with NXT and WWF. He just continuously rises the ranks. Took a long, long time. I mean, it probably took him to get to the actual Raw roster. I mean, what did it take him? 17 years or something like that, right? Yeah. It's pretty amazing, but he deserves every bit of it for sure. Now, a guy that started here, I mean, long after you were gone and uh, now a part of Ring of Honor, Flip Gordon is a guy that's kind of had a meteoric rise in a very short period of time, kind of almost reminiscent of Kofi Kingston in that he wasn't here for that long before he got really tremendous opportunities. How do you think Flip Gordon is doing? He's had run into some uh, injury problems himself. Yeah, yeah, he's had some tough times injury-wise lately. Um, I think everything he's done has been ahead of expectations, I think, and so quick. Um, the matches he has... What he can do physically, I mean, the it's amazing to me how he can just control his body and these flips and, and all kinds of stuff that he does. But he's had just had bad luck. He blew out his knee in a match. I was refing it. Um, we had to call the match because, and it, I think it was just something simple that he did, but he couldn't go anymore, so I had to call the match. And then recently he had elbow injuries where he hurt him. He dislocated his elbow on a 450 splash. He's just had bad luck, so I think if his luck can turn and he can get a consistent run, I think he can make huge, huge waves, especially in Ring of Honor. Like, I mean, he's championship material. He just needs to have that consistent run where he's not hurt, you know, here and there. Flip Gordon, uh, I think he came back from an injury around the time of the big Ring of Honor show at Madison Square Garden, and we haven't talked about that whole experience Todd and I mean who would ever think that there was a WWE stronghold and now Ring of Honor finds a way to run a show WrestleMania weekend at the most famous the most famous arena in the world Madison Square Garden what kind of was that whole experience like for you it was crazy when they first brought up the idea I thought they were insane I thought they were absolutely insane to even attempt it but it was the perfect storm of Ring of Honor New Japan and where we were that weekend, everything came together where it was like it was such a fit because WWF wasn't running there. They for some reason they shunned the building for some reason. They wanted Barclays or whatever they did. 
So they shunned Madison Square Garden and then thought they had an exclusive deal or some silliness. But you, you, how do you have an exclusive deal if you're running there once every two years or whatever it was? So we got the opportunity to do it. And it was crazy. Like the minute you walked in, I remember going in there. I walked in and you just look at that. Biggest thing is that ceiling. Yeah. Like the ceiling of Madison Square Garden and the shape of it. It was insane to be in, in a part of it. M- me and Brian, uh, Brian was all about it, but he's like, hey, hey, I found where Hogan came down the aisle for that, that you know, that famous clip when he's yeah, yeah. on the title. And then I determined that he was wrong. And then we went on a different search for the actual place that he, that it was like, okay, this is the actual hallway. And we figured it out. It was pretty cool to be there. But to be in front of a fan, you know, the amount of fans, like, you know, Ring of Honor, we've, we've had big shows. You know, we, we did 5,000 people, I think, down in New Orleans. But, you know, 18,000 people, it was a crazy atmosphere. And it was, like, one of the highlights I think I'll ever have in my life, for sure. A little bit before that whole uh, MSG thing happened, uh, a big changing of the guard, if you will, of Ring of Honor, where the guys with the elite kind of, uh, you know, went their own way and did their own thing. After that change occurred, I mean, was there any reservations, uh, um, you personally, with people in the locker room going forward after those guys who were such a big part of the show or a focal point of the show, after they went and did their own thing, were there any uh, issues that you uh, surmised? No, not for me. Uh, I think it stinks when you when you lose the amount of talent and those are all those guys are insanely talented when you lose them all in one fell swoop like it would be it would be bad to lose one but you know you lose a bunch of them all at the same time it was something that i think that was good because you need change in in some of these times you know what i mean and the ring of honor roster sometimes would be too consistent and i think it was a good thing to regardless of who it was it had just happened to the, the elite guys but it, even if it was anybody else in that roster if it was you lose four or five guys and then you can replace them with with fresh talent that people haven't seen on a national level, to me it's a great thing. I think it added more more matches that people hadn't seen anymore, more styles that people hadn't seen. Like like take Mark Haskins from from England. I think he brings a huge thing to the table that we really didn't have the style of wrestling that he does. So I thought it was a good thing because change is needed every so often. So it stunk to lose them, but it could have been anybody and to switch things up is a good thing. Now, I mean, you've been with Ring of Honor since when? Um, I did dark matches the end of 2003 and then I've been consistent since the beginning of 2004. Holy Toledo. Yeah. So you've been through a number of changing of the guards in Ring of Honor. Was this like the the biggest blow you think just because of it was all at the same time? No, I I really don't think so. Really? I I think for me, if I was going to say the biggest blow, I think it was losing Brian Danielson and Nigel at the same time. Okay, yeah. That was a big one. Um, But we didn't miss a beat even then because it was time for people to move on wherever they ended up, you know, Brian went to WBF then had issues and then went back. Nigel was supposed to go there, but then eventually went to TNA, but things have to change. Things have to, to like rotate and get bigger and different. And even though it's, it's a, you know, a downer when that that happens, no matter who we lose, we've lost how many, how many people we have left because ring of honor is a great place to make your name. It's a great place to show, the style of wrestling that you do without any limitations. And then sometimes it's just for someone to move to a different place. And no matter who it is, we come back with, I think the same thing that we have all the time, like people that are hungry for what we do. And there are a lot of these places popping up all over the place. Do oh, yeah. you, do you feel like uh, there's something that ring of honor can offer that's different than these, these other places that are all popping up? Yeah, I, I think it's the unique matchups. I think the good thing is we have the people that haven't been going anywhere, like the Briscoes, straight up. Like the Briscoes, the best tag team in the world for me, bar none. And they're a staple of Ring of Honor. So when new teams come in, whether it's for one shots, whether it's for a consistent basis, um, you get unique matches, but you still have the same consistent piece here and there. Jay Lethal's another one. Jay Lethal's been around back with us. I don't even know, seven, maybe seven years, let's guess. Jay Lethal, to me, is the best wrestler in, on the planet right now. Him and Taven are the two best wrestlers. And for people to be able to come in and wrestle Jay Lethal or, or, or come in and wrestle Matt Taven, I think you have that consistency and then you just rotate in 
the players to get fresh mashups. So there's so much wrestling in the world right now. It's crazy. I don't know how people watch it all. I really don't. I, when you go down to the, the you know WrestleMania weekend, and I'm hearing that people are going to shows from seven o'clock to three in the morning. Like that's just a crazy amount of pro wrestling. But I think the roster makes Ring of Honor unique enough. And Taven's a local guy, not from the New England Pro Wrestling Academy per se, but he's local, as in the you know he's a New England guy, Fall River, right over there with Bobby Cruz. Yeah, that area, right. So. Uh, how do you feel about the attention he gets online? A lot of it negative for him being the Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, do you think it's uh, kind of overblown? Let people think whatever they think. Yeah. Number one, he's a heel. But even if he wasn't a heel, we're not here to make you pleased all the time. We're not here to, I mean, to use a term, to get you off. And if people want to get excited about certain matchups and certain wrestlers and then turn their nose against other people. Matt Taven's got the resume, whether people realize it or not. Now he's the, the Ring of Honor champ, but he's got the resume. He went an hour with Jay Lethal, which is one of the best matches I've ever seen. And that match that I, re- I refed it, people didn't sit down for the last like 20 minutes of that match. The match he had with Mark Haskins in, I believe it was in Detroit area recently, was one of the best matches I've seen in years. He had a unique type of match with PCO up in Toronto. He's got the resume, and people don't give him credit, and it doesn't matter if they give him credit. Who cares if they give him credit? A lot of people just probably aren't seeing it. They're not watching the product. If they don't watch a product, that's their problem. But if they want to be trolls on the internet, cool. Like, big deal. And if, if Taven plays into it, even better. Like, let them be a troll. But he's got the resume. If you don't realize it, it's, it's, it's a shame. But the matches he's had, especially over the last year, have been fantastic. Now, you are the Ring of Honor senior official. You refereed that one-hour match between Lethal and Matt Taven. Now, I was on a podcast recently with uh, Tarzan Taylor and Julian Starr. Oh, and can I just say, is that the podcast that they always say, oh, we've had a lot of good feedback to our podcast, but they put them all in the can before it was ever released? Yes. That's pod- okay, that's, that's the That's the one. About. Okay, good. That is the one. Uh, <laughs> now... The duties of a senior official. Yes. I was on record saying, really, there are no duties. But with Ring of Honor, do you have specific duties as a senior official? I do. Really? Yes. I assign the refs 100%. Okay. And I've done so since Gabe Sapolsky left. So I don't know what year that was. But once Gabe left Ring of Honor. Before that, he was assigning them? He was assigning the refs. And then when Gabe left, I started assigning refs. And I have since. Um, so that is one thing that is the senior official does. I did say that, but like the, with chaotic, Jamie would just kind of write him down on the uh, booking sheet beforehand. Right. Um, but I did that when I was senior official in chaotic. Yeah. 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 So I went cause because, because I was booking. So, <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> so I was booking and senior officials. So I put the refs down and then now is a time period where we have brand new refs in. Cause, cause I wanted to ask you about that. Paul Turner too. has moved on. So it actually as a senior official, I'm sitting down, you know, and giving feedback to the newer refs that we have. Uh, so it's maybe if, if I wasn't senior official, I'd probably still do that because of my experience and the amount of time I've done it. But I would say that's a senior official type duty because of the role I'm in. Now, the new referees, are they coming through the ROH dojo or are these guys you brought from the outside? Uh, brought from the outside, but people that we saw at the, the dojo tryouts, the seminars that we do. So they've been introduced to us through that. And then we see what they do, see what they, how good they are, what they can improve on, and we work with them. And then it's just a matter of, hey, if you're in the area, come to the show. So that's what they've done consistently. And now that we have the need, it's like, okay, we have this experience with this person and this person. Let's bring them in and, and let them ref more and more and give them more experience. So when we had the show uh, Best in the World in Baltimore in June, it was the pay-per-view. Paul Turner had left. I have two refs. I have, I have Stephen Dumeng and uh, Joe Mandak, but they're brand new. Like They haven't done live pay-per-view yet as far as legit pay-per-view. I yeah. know they've done streaming stuff. So I didn't want to throw them into the wolves and say, here, go do six matches tonight. So it was good to bring them both in, have them both at the show give them a couple matches to get a little more experience at it and then ease them into the TV taping the next day. But it was good to have them all the same place. Now, are they regulars now or is it, they still like, it's still a trial period. It's a trial period as far as they're not on every show. But for me, 
the good thing is we can platoon the two of them, especially the, between Joe and, and Steven, where we can have them, if one's look closer to a show, we can bring them in and make sure they're there, but we can give them experience and not have to only do one or two matches. So the, the Baltimore thing was, let's give them a couple matches, have enough refs where it's they're not overwhelmed. My personal feeling, I like two refs. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I, I I don't like I like being busy. I like being consistently busy. I'm I'm not into the like seven refs on a show and everybody refs one match. It just doesn't feel right to me. I like two refs on a show so you can alternate matches and just kind of have your night going along the whole time. So with Steven and Joe now around, we can bring them in one for this weekend, one for that weekend, and have the two ref thing. But we're also bringing them in consistently so they are kind of a regular on the roster. This is really a new thing because Paul Turner was there even before you, right? Yeah, yeah. Paul was. I would say Paul was there maybe the third, the third show. Like he was, he was over a year ahead of me. That's absolutely amazing. That uh, now it's a new era. Lots of people. There's so many places to work. Lots of people doing different things. So uh, it's a good opportunity for these these two guys. The the young guys. It's great. Yeah, I think they're both in their twenties. I don't know exactly their ages, um, but it's. The hardest thing with refs, and I remember talking to Dr. Tom, we've, we've, when Dr. Tom would come here at the chaotic school and, and have these camps. It's all ice cream. Uh, all, yeah, it's all, ice, all cream. ice cream. Rocky Road. And, and yes, chocolate. strawberry. No, it's strawberry. Oh, strawberry and Rocky yeah, yeah. Road? I'm sorry. Yeah. So Pritch, Pritch would come, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember talking to Pritchard, because you know, back then it was, uh, I would like to go to the WBF and get an opportunity, and he, he told me straight up, he's like, look, for wrestlers, there are 40 jobs. Let's just say that's the example. So there are 40 jobs that you can get into the WWF where you can make a living, get a contract. And for referees, what are there, four? I mean, now there's 12 or 15. Probably more than that, yeah. Right, it's crazy. But back then, he's like, you're competing for four jobs and most of these guys have been there for 25 years. Yeah. And it was the same in Ring of Honor. Like there were two referee gigs and- Paul was there from 2002 and I was there from 2004. How do you break through that? Mm-hmm. And with Paul moving on, now guys can at least get the opportunity to to move up into the level of Ring of Honor. And it's way different than, I mean, me and Paul, it was me and Paul for like consistently me and Paul f- probably for the last 13 years. That's crazy. So as a referee, um, you had a lot of uh, good moments and you've had some bad moments from what I understand. There was a, a, a story that you didn't really want to talk about before, but I'm hoping I can coax it out of you now. Something to do with your pants. Uh, you are fat pants. I am fat pants. Affectionately named fat pants by yourself. Yes. You I named did. yourself fat pants. I did name myself that. And, and for short, most people call me pants. Yes. yes. So there was an issue with your pants at one point. From what I understand, I hope I, you would actually share the story now. I I don't really want to, but I will because you're putting me on the spot. Yes. And the first thing people are going to think is that I split my pants. Mm-hmm. It is That is not the case. No. I did not split my pants. No. Um, that was a, a famous Mucko story, though, where he split his <laughs> pants. <laughs> it was. I believe Mucko uh, pretended he was catching from first base and stretched out the leg and his <laughs> pants ripped up the crotch. It was a wonderful thing. I have, a, I have pictures on my computer. Of him with his um, shirt tied around tied, his waist? Yeah, he tied his shirt around so he wouldn't have big, giant, open crotch to the world. <laughs> Good old Muck. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so this to preface this... Um, and man, I can't believe I'm telling I'm telling this story. <laughs> so now, I mean, now you, you see in Ring of Honor and always in the WWF um, the earpieces that that wrestler that refs yep. have, you know, and in, in, in the earpiece, you know, to to give you some backstage info. It's it's in Ring of Honor anyway. It's for time cues. We get times in in those earpieces. Very rarely in the, in Ring of Honor do we get anything else in our ear. Um, I know WWF is different. But it's mostly for time cues. Uh, but before we had the earpieces, I would get the time cues from Bobby Cruz at the timekeeper's table, which is right by ringside. He put the pencil on his nose. <laughs> he would. He would not do that. Yeah. <laughs> no? no. He he would he would have other signals, but he did not do the pencil. Thankfully, I think who used to do that is that Gorilla or I don't know. I can't remember who used to do the, the Mel Simons. <laughs> Mel Simons. <laughs> All right. So I I used to get time cues from Bobby Cruz. So. After I would, you know, go down for a pin, you know, one, two, I would give the two count sing, uh, signal to the timekeeper's table. And at that time, I would look at Bobby Cruz 
or if we were there was a submission going on, I would ask the guy if he wanted to quit, and then I would turn to the timekeeper's table and say, no, he's good. He doesn't want to quit. And I would look at Bobby Cruz and that's where he would relay the times. So in, we were in Toronto and I don't remember what match it was. And I'm not going to say what match it was because then people will go back and look at it and I don't want people to find it. Oh, come on. But it was a Toronto match years and years ago. Um, I wasn't feeling well <laughs> oh boy. during the day. Uh huh. And I just had... St- you know, stomach rumblings. And in the middle of this match, I I thought I could let out a little gas. And I sharded. The term that the kids use, I believe, is sharded. Yes. It was not a lot, okay. thankfully. Okay. Thankfully, I, it, it was not a lot. So even if you find what match it is, I don't think you're going to see stains or, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, anything that's, that gives me away. Okay. But I knew that something trickled <laughs> out and into my crack. I hear you. I hear you. Right. So it happens. Oof, it does. Life, life, you know, throws you a curveball. According to your brother, like twice a year it happens, right? <laughs> right. Kyle Sinclair <laughs> seems to poop his pants about 20 times a year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I sharded. So in the match, and then I'm like, ooh, uh-oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to, now, you know, I don't know how much is there. I'm not, I'm trying to clench as best I can. So nothing else uh, makes a mess. So I'm in the middle of the match, and now I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I think I'm going to tell Bobby Cruz. <laughs> so as the match is going on, and I, rem- I distinctly remember a submission going on. So whatever the submission was, somebody grabbed a submission hold, and I was down on one knee asking the wrestler, do you quit? Do you quit? And when he would say no, I would look at Bobby Cruz's table, and I would wave my arms like, no, he does not quit. But instead of saying that, I would look at Bobby Cruz, and he expected me to look at him. We yeah. would always lock eyes because of the time cues. I mouthed, I did not say it out loud, but I mouthed, I shit my pants. <laughs> and then I looked and asked for a, a submission again, and I looked again, and I said, <laughs> I shit my pants. And Bobby Cruz couldn't read my lips. He had no idea what I was talking about. But I needed to at least relay that information to him. It's of course. Important because of his, <laughs> his long like knowledge of shitting pants in fall river. Oh yeah. He needed to at least know that that was going on. Right. Um, but yeah, at the, after, after the match, he asked me like, what the hell were you telling me in the ring? And I told him that I shit my pants and he enjoyed that. So how much longer in the match did you have to go with the, uh, a good 10 minutes? I think really, yeah, I I think it was, it was, it was not right at the finish. It was certainly an amount of time where I, I was clenching and not as limber as I, I would normally. You're shuffling, doing a bit of yeah, shuffling. I was doing a little bit of shuffling, yes, because I, I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know what was there, so I didn't want to just. So it didn't like come out your pant leg yeah, or anything? Yeah, it did not ooze uh, down <laughs> into my socks, no, thankfully. So you went after the match, and was this in the middle of the show, the end of the show, beginning? Um, I don't remember. Actually, I do remember, but I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. Because I don't want, I want you to know what match it was. But I immediately... <laughs> went in and cleaned myself up um and and <laughs> did you did you did you have spare underwear no <laughs> and i went on fresco uh, <laughs> i did not wear black undies like you i'm not a black undie guy but i i i your boys are out there i went el fresco yes <laughs> my goodness gracious <laughs> So, only time it's ever happened, but yes, that's. Uh, I'm glad I can get that in the public world uh, now. Thank oh, you. Oh well, asking. thank, <laughs> thank goodness. Oh, holy Toledo! It was awful. <laughs> it was a hell of a day, huh? Hell of a day at the office, as sure they say. Was. I'm, I'm sorry, Canada. And speaking of Bobby Cruz, Bobby is an old friend. Is it true that you are no longer traveling to shows with Bobby Cruz? Um, very rarely now, uh, and most of the reason is he brings his daughters on the road with him. So he likes to travel with them. But the other reason is we're both whores for Marriott points, and we don't like to share a room because we both don't get points on the hotel rooms. So we kind of stopped rooming together. Uh, that's the only reason in my book, if he doesn't like me or something, I have no idea. I think we're cool. but You can still drive to the shows if you don't yeah, stay in the same room. Yeah, but no, but so, like with he's got his two daughters, and, and you don't want, to me, I don't think he wants to have his two daughters hang around with filthy rotten wrestlers all you know on the tour. So yeah, it's... It's not a lot, and there's not a lot of drives that we do. Like, and now, I mean, the furthest I'll drive from Boston is Philly, but if we do a Baltimore show, it's a fly. 
So we used to drive everywhere. We used to drive all over creation. Um, the really only drive shows that we do are Lowell, which is local for both of us. We wouldn't go together. And then New York. But usually I go in a day early. Uh, so he would come in the day of because he has his regular gig at his regular job. So it's just kind of worked out that way. With He's got his daughters with him and the amount of, of times that we actually would drive together isn't a lot. So, so that's all it is. Do you miss him? I do miss him. I, I love Bobby Cruz. I, as much as I pick on him and I love to make fun of the fact that he's hairy, uh, <laughs> I love to, to let people know that he's from Fall River, but I love Bobby Cruz a thousand percent. He is, he is pretty close to a brother to me. Like, you know, I've, I've got brothers, but like I've spent so much time with him and shared so much with him. Like he is a big, big part of my life. And just because we don't travel each other, we still fuck around at the shows. Like I'll make fun of him constantly just because that's what I do. Um, but yeah, I think he's the. I think Bobby Cruz is the best. As much as I make fun of him, and one of the ways you show your affection about Bobby Cruz is through song. Yes, I mean, if anyone listened to our podcast that we did with Bobby Cruz, where we interviewed Bobby Cruz, uh, you made a special guest appearance through song, and it's a famous thing for Bobby Cruz. The Bobby Cruz song. How did this whole thing come about? Bobby Cruz, his taste in music is atrocious. Right, is really, really, really bad, and. Think of think of all the times that we would drive. We would drive to everything. So from Boston to uh, Edison, New Jersey, then back. Then two weeks later, we would drive to Philly and back. Then two weeks later, we would drive to New York City and back. I was with Bobby Cruz in cars so many times. And he wouldn't put on the radio. <laughs> and this is before Sirius. Like, now Sirius, we can listen to Howard Stern. But he wouldn't put the radio on. He would have a mix CD that he made like a set of CDs that included the same 40 songs every single week. <laughs> we would listen to the same goddamn songs. So one of them was like the Davy Jones song that he sang to Marsha Brady. <laughs> like that was one of the songs that was on this tape. Girl, Girl right. look what you've done to me. Right. <laughs> wow. So every time we, he would play the same shit. And I would get so annoyed by it, I would have to do something to break up the monotony. So as a song came up that I could fit Bobby Cruz's name in, I would put Bobby's name into the song. So I love rock and roll. I love Bobby Cruz. Yes. So I started doing it, and I realized very early, probably the first time I did it, that he fucking hated it. <laughs> he was so mad when I would do it. He'd get so... And every time Bobby gets upset, it's... He's he's never wrestled. Like he has wrestled, which I've seen him wrestle. It's atrocious. But <laughs> he's, he he's gigged as well. <laughs> right, right. But he's not a wrestler. But he projects his anger and frustration like a pro wrestler trying to hit the back row of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so when I started doing these songs, he would get so fed up and disgusted, he would either shut it off, which was good because I heard those songs already, <laughs> or he would just get angry for the entire ride. And that's what friends do, no? I think that's what we do. I think so. So that's where it started. And he put, he sold it so well that I had to continue to do it. Right. It's like the rib. If you don't sell it, then you, exactly. people will just stop picking on you. Exactly. So there is a song that I think you were going to world premiere I will, right here on the Wrestling Podcast I, I, about nothing. A new Bobby Cruz song. It is. And I, I don't remember I, exactly where I think we debuted this in the Northwest. So like we just did the Pacific Northwest, the Portland and Seattle area. Yep. And I think I debuted this in the locker room, and it caught on like wildfire. <laughs> so picture myself, Bobby Cruz, and 30, 40 wrestlers in a locker room. And once I started it, the next guy would continue on and, and, and sing along. And it's kind of it, like row, row, row your boat. Everyone just goes around the room. But it wasn't, it wasn't one at a time. It was a chorus <laughs> of, of these songs all pointed towards Bobby Cruz. So I'd like to sing it for you right now if I, if I may. Please, please. <clears throat> Bobby Cruz, do, 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 do. Bobby Cruz, do, 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 do. Bobby Cruz, do, 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 do. Bobby Cruz. Bobby Cruz, do, 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 do. Bobby Cruz, do, 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 do. Bobby Cruz, do, 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 do. Bobby Cruz. 
And that was it. And we did it for a good, like, the entire weekend. But the first time we did it, it caught on, and it lasted for a good five minutes. It was wonderful. That is genius. Thank you. It's very simple, but uh, very effective. Very catchy. Yes. Those, those, those children's songs are catchy, and you throw Bobby Cruz in, it's beautiful. So how was his reaction to this? Oh, he's pissed. He hates Especially it. as it grew and grew. He hates it. And, and then it would die down, and then someone would pick it up again and just start <laughs> it over. And then it would die down, and it would someone would start it. So it was an entire weekend of, of the, the Bobby Cruz song that is it's, it's going to take over the charts, I think. <laughs> it should. And and I was a little uh, disappointed in the fact that when we played the Bobby Cruz songs for Bobby Cruz on the podcast, it seems like he rather enjoyed it. Was he putting on a front? A thousand percent. Yes? A thousand okay. percent. I think he he wanted to be in a good mood for the public eye. <laughs> he hates them. He hates them so much. Well, I'm very happy that you were able to premiere the new song here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Thank you for the forum. I appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. Uh, so we want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take of this week's episode, your thoughts on the brand new world premiere of the new Bobby Cruz song. Use the hashtag WPAN. Let us know what you think out there. Or you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. That is the voicemail line. Get your voice on this show. 401-584-9726. Let's take a second out of the time here to talk about Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Howard Harper, and Doc Turner. They do two podcasts a week on Sundays and Thursdays. They're talking Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They're talking the old Jim Crocker promotion Saturday Night 605 show. So much going on over there on MikeMills.Podbean.com, Booking the Territory. Also, our Vantage Point, basically the northern version of Booking the Territory. It is the retro wrestling podcast with Lil Joe Murata, Big Michael Quinn. We actually met them at the MSG show at ROH, so Thank you very much. Nice to meet those guys. OVPpodcast.com. New season starting up for our vantage point, so make sure you check them out. And greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He uh, reviews one single episode of Wrestling Television, puts his own special spin on it. So check out greetings from Allentown on his own feed. Yeah, go to his own feed. Forget the pro wrestling only feed. Also, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. So much uh, on that feed as well. It is a basically a sh- new show every day. Rundownwrestling.com for all the information you need about the Rundown Wrestling Podcast and their various other podcasts. Well, uh, we're going to talk about Brian's dates, but I mean, we don't have them here and he's not uh, answering my texts, so I can't really find out what's going on. What's going on in Ring of Honor? Where are you going to be coming up? Uh, coming up, we're in Toronto and I forgive me if the dates are wrong, but it's in two weeks. It's uh, like... August 9th, I believe, we're in Toronto for Summer Supercard. That's a big night because we have uh, Taven against Alex Shelley for the, the Ring of Honor World Championship. Is that his first match back, Shelley? It is. Not, well, it's first singles match. Okay. Shelley just wrestled in Lowell in a six-man. But that, and I asked him that night, is this his first match back? And he said, yeah. So it's a big deal because he hasn't wrestled in a long time. Uh, and then the G.O.D. challenge for the Ring of Honor World titles against the Briscoes in a ladder war. So that's a big one. Uh, that'll be on Honor Club. For anybody, that's ROHWrestling.com. So if you, you know, all of our shows now will stream. The TV tapings will have a couple matches that are TV exclusive that'll be filmed before the stream. But every event that we do now will be streaming. So uh, sign up for that. It's $9.99 a month, uh, but you should really sign up for the VIP because you get all the pay-per-views with that. And it's like 120 a year. So it's $9.99 a month, but it's you pay for the one year. So now I think the bouncers are scheduled for Toronto. I don't know if Brian Malonis is going to make it up there, though, because, you know, as I said, we haven't heard from him. Yeah, I mean, he might be too busy. He can't do the podcast, so I don't know, but I hope he'll be there. And what else is going? Is there any more Ring of Honor dates coming up? Yeah, in uh, a couple weeks later, uh, again, I'm bad with dates, but let's say like August 24th and 25th, uh, we're in Atlanta and we're in Nashville. Uh, and then from there, uh, yeah, my memory stinks. ROHWrestling.com for all the <laughs> upcoming dates. and ROHTickets.com if you'd like to buy tickets for those events. And, of course, sign up for Honor Club. And if you want to book the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, the brawler, email BrianMalonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at BrianMalonis. Let's talk about this week's promo about nothing, Todd Fatpants Sinclair. The year is 1990, and I don't know if you're familiar with IPW. It is a federation that had a world-famous promo from Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. Have you seen this promo? I have seen that promo, yes. Well, I didn't, I there, didn't know where it came from. There is a, a promotion, I believe it's somewhere in the Midwest, IPW, that uh, has a famous uh, roster of wrestlers, including this gentleman. 
He is uh, standing by with Buddy Lee, the announcer for the show. His name is Wild Bill Ash. I think it's Ash. Let's check out this promo about nothing. Bill Ash, you did something very brutal to Randy Bryant. I've been called brutal. I've been called vicious. I've been called intimidating. But I don't care what you call me because I know what I am and I know what I do. And what I do is take apart very efficiently and very thoroughly any opponent that steps in the ring with me. Keep on crying, Randy Bryant. Get practiced on crying. Because when I get through with you this time, you're going to go through crying. You're going to go through hysteria. You're going to go all the way to the final count. Because I'm going to put you down the hard way. I'm going to put you down for good. And you will not get up again. When I get through this time, smile. It might be your last time. Now let's go to the ring. Wild Bill Ass. Actually, on the YouTube video, it says Wild Bill Ass. <laughs> it does. I didn't notice that. So Wild Bill Ash, uh, he's been called intimidating. Yes. He if if you see this guy, he is uh, quite an opposing figure. Well, absolutely. And he, he seems to want to run someone through a range of emotions in, in all the stuff that he's going to do to them. So this is exciting. In re- reality, though, he is wearing purple and pink. He is, uh, I mean, everyone looks short next to this uh, announcer who I believe is like 6'5 or something like that. <laughs> but this guy, he, I liken him to an effeminate Ole Anderson. That's a, that's a good call. That is good. He, yeah, he just doesn't sound like an intimidating presence. I mean, you don't even have to see the guy to know that he's. Not intimidating whatsoever. No, even the pointing that he did, did didn't intimidate me in any way. No, no, you didn't feel anything. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't give that to me with those points. Now, how do you practice crying? I mean, I uh, maybe you watch sad movies. I was gonna say maybe you watch Serendipity with Bobby Cruz because <laughs> yeah, you, you have to watch some sort of sad movie. I think right. Yeah, I, I guess, but uh, yeah, you got to practice crying. And he's going to put this guy down. He's going to put this guy down for good this time. Rock is Rock and Randy. There he is. Rock and he Randy. called him something else. He must use his regular name, like Rock and Randy something Bullage or something. I can't remember what it was. Rock and Randy Bryant. There it is. So uh, not a lot to do here with uh, Wild Bill Ash. He's just a just looks like a regular guy. Sure does. There's not really nothing to say, is there? No, I don't know what else to give you. <laughs> so, Wild Bill Ash, the most intimidating man in IPW, and Jumpin' Jeff Farmer, uh, the most amazing man in IPW. Certainly. So, yes, you've heard this promo, but if you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right, Todd Sinclair, it's been wonderful to have you here in the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, the darkened NEPWA, the somewhat balmy yes. New England Pro Wrestling Academy. The AC is off for the weekend, apparently. It is, but we may do. Uh, it's been uh, lovely to speak to you once again. It's been a little while, pal. It has, and uh, I've just been hibernating in the middle of July, so I, I hide out, but it was nice for you to ask me, and I appreciate it. Yeah, why can't I go to your place? Hang out. I, I need to prepare my house if I have get visitors or company. If I have company, I need to just clean it up a little bit. I give you a whole day. I'm not going to clean like when I have other stuff to do, like play Star Wars Battlefront 2. I'm very busy. Really? Is that, is that the game of I choice? Play, I play it all the time. I can't get enough. It's great. No rock band? I play that here and there, but yeah, mostly it's the Star Wars game. You play rock band by yourself? Yeah. Why don't you invite over the, the old uh, band? Uh, I would, but yeah. Everybody's too busy. If I asked you, you'd show up at fucking 8 o'clock. <laughs> I guess that's true. Four, 4 o'clock call time. All right. Well, hopefully uh, the brawler, Brian Malonis, will be back next week on the Wrestling Podcast. But I think I can't make any promises because he's incommunicado. Yeah. He's very busy. I don't know. What, like, what could he be doing? Does he have Fenway Park thing today, maybe? No, that's not today. Oh. Maybe I'll have to go to Fenway and see if I can run into him because he's uh, avoided my calls and texts. God damn it. Well, uh, once again, great to have you here. Todd Fatpants Sinclair, Ring of Honors, senior official. But we'll be back. Not you, me and you, but hopefully me and Brian. No, I'll be back when you ask. So Thank you. Next Monday for episode 171 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, for the brawler Brian Malonis, he's Todd Fatpants Sinclair. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. 
Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz